Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, welcome to the Scottish Sun podcast. Uh, myself, Robert Greve, and with me today, David Friel, one of our top football writers. Top? Well... Middle. Um, <laughs> first game, David, we're looking at Friday night, the big game at Fur Hill, Partick Thistle against Aberdeen, and it's pretty much all about Aberdeen at the minute, isn't it? Bad result for them at Inverness earlier in the week, but you're looking for them to bounce right back, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the talk after the game is what Willie call him, his performance and his, his failure to get some big decisions right again, but I don't think that should overshadow the fact that Aberdeen. Didn't do enough. It was pretty bad, though. Well, it was, it was bad. I mean, I mean, we spoke about it. I mean, he had four big decisions to make. He got one right, probably. But I, I still don't think Aberdeen did enough. I don't think Aberdeen were good enough. I think Inverness deserved a win. Does it come down to bottle at this stage? It's an age-old saying. We, we talk about it every year when we get to this stage of the season, and that's maybe one one of the question marks over Aberdeen. Is, is that fair? I don't think it's fair anymore. I think I think for a while it could probably be levelled at them that maybe in certain big games, cup games especially, they weren't producing the goods but I think if you've beaten Celtic twice at Pataudry at a time when you're basically mounting a title challenge I don't think you can really be accused of lacking bottle I just think that Aberdeen in terms of their squad strength in terms of their squad size and even even quality to an extent I think for them to go to to toe with Celtic and, and produce that consistent run of games and wins over the course of the season is going to be hard and you know you look at the stats you know they've, you know, they've played 26 or won 17 which is Astonishing for Aberdeen in previous seasons gone by. I mean, that had been dreamland stuff, but I think there's always going to be certain games where they struggle, and Inverness is one of them. I think Johnny Hayes picked up an injury mm-hmm. in Inverness, and I think personally, I think it's a massive blow potentially if he's going to miss a few yeah. weeks. He's, for me, one of the, been the best players of the season. They'll be hoping to get him back as quickly as yeah, possible. Yeah, I mean, if Johnny, I mean, see if, you, see if me and you are drawing up a four man shortlist for the player of the year in Scotland just now, Johnny Hayes would be on it. I think I think he's been Aberdeen's best player. I think he's been so key to what they do. You saw him when we were up at Project a couple of weeks ago, Robert, when he pings one in for 25 yep. yards out of nowhere. Totally changed the game, gave him a platform to build on. He's a huge player for them. But they've also missed Ryan Jack, they've missed Willow Fudd. You know, he's had to play Kenny McLean probably a bit deeper than he'd, he'd like to. And uh, you know, credit to Aberdeen for, for for keeping it going. They're still in there, but I just think there's always going to be this this wee result comes. What about Thistle? I mean, they're down up ten spot, I think, in the division, just above the relegation zone. Yeah. A point. They've been really inconsistent. I think this season Thistle. Anytime I've seen them, you can see them. Mm-hmm. One week they can be fantastic, and the next week they can be dire. They're right in the thick of that re- relegation. They are, and, and the one thing that stands out for you is that they've played less games than everybody else. You know, yeah. they've got three games in hand over Hamilton, and they're only a point behind them. But you always want the points on the board, you yeah. know. I think inactivity and being out of games and not getting a rhythm isn't great for any team. And I think Alan Archibald has been frustrated by the call-offs, the fact they've not been. I mean, Hearts since Saturday, nobody would have envisaged that game being called off, so it left them out of action again. So I think Patrick Thistle will really want to make the most of those games in hand and try and get out of there because you know as things stand, you know it's what's that, a point above Coman, like a point behind Hamilton and Motherwell now. You know it's very very tight down there. I think Friday will be a nightmare. Aberdeen have to make a statement mm-hmm. they play the day before Celtic and I don't think many teams will, will lose two games in the bounce and can be considered serious title contender so it'll be interesting to see if Aberdeen can do that and Saturday I mean Celtic they beat Ross County mm-hmm. fairly convincingly at the weekend and they play their Highland rivals Inverness 
on Saturday again Ronnie Dyle will just be looking for a wee bit a wee bit more from his team yeah a, a bit more I mean I think he'd have been happy after given what had happened the kind of week before with the Ross County game the Aberdeen game then East Kilbride was a bit of a kind of damp scrub as well and he got a bit of criticism for that I think Ronnie Dyle was probably quite happy just get a kind of no frills 2-0-1 over Ross County get the three points on the board obviously Aberdeen then dropping points was a, was a bonus for him I think Celtic fans will be looking for a bit more this week from the team you know I think you know I think it was functional as opposed to exceptional and I think with the squad Celtic have got and players coming back guys like Rogic Mulgrew Commons Ryan Christie's kind of chapping at the door Patrick Roberts hasn't been seen yet Colin Kazim Richards was on the bench against Ross County, I think they'll be looking for a bit more from Celtic, but Inverness have got their tails up, Inverness have got some players back, Inverness are in good form as well, so I don't think it'll be an easy game at all. Yeah, I say kind of convincing, it wasn't convincing, it was, it was a comfortable result in the end up, but I thought Celtic were, I think Celtic fans have got a right to demand more mm-hmm. in days like that, especially when the, the, the top of the table was so tight, so it'd be interesting to see if you see, I think Inverness will give them a real test there. Where do you stand in this challenge on Grew debate? So Scott Brown talking about it. Uh, earlier this week I had a story uh, last week about Charlie's situation he's out of contract in the summer Celtic have yet to offer him a new contract I find that surprising personally mm-hmm. for a guy that can play in, in various positions uh, he's only 29 still where do you stand in this David? I think Charlie Mulgrew's a player Celtic should try and keep I think at Charlie Mulgrew's stage of his career I wouldn't be surprised if he just decides to go does Ronnie Dyer see him anywhere in his team uh, to be all honest with you I think if everybody was fit I don't know if Charlie would get into his team don't think I agree with that. I, I think there should be a place in the Celtic team for Charlie Mulgrew. I just think he offers a lot in terms of stature, experience, dead ball delivery. But Ronnie Dyle is very set in his ways about how he likes to play 4-2-3-1 and I just don't really see a place for, for Charlie in there. So he's a Scotland regular. As you're saying, he's got a good few years left in the tank yet. I'm sure the English clubs, I mean, I mean you had the story with Blackburn and Bournemouth, both very keen on him. I think there'll be another half dozen joining that list. I think he'd get a good deal down south and I wouldn't blame Charlie for walking this summer. It's not an ideal situation, isn't it? A player at that age out of contract in the summer, you, you would love that, that, that situation. Well, that's, well, that's what you want, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's... But you think he would let you go, David. Oh, exactly, of course. I mean, that's the thing, though, but he's achieved everything he can, he can achieve at Celtic. I mean, let's face it, he's, he's won everything. He's played in big Champions League nights. He played in eight Celtic beat Barcelona. He played in the last 16 Champions League. He's been captain, scored against Rangers. He's done everything as a Celtic player you would really want to in his, his second spell at the club so I, I don't know I just I just see it getting to this stage where it's apparently always is, is maybe inevitable and I think Charlie will go people will look back and say he'd be a really good servant but I think it probably does Ronnie Dyle want to keep him I think he would probably keep him but I don't think they'll be pushing the boat out in terms of wages I think Charlie got a better deal elsewhere yeah it'll be interesting to see how, how that one develops that's, that's for sure you can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport <laughs> Dundee United, another crushing defeat for them uh, midweek to Motherwell. They're at home to Hearts this weekend. Personally, I think Mixed with Pat Lennon since coming in has just not been able to do it. And for me, they're doomed. Would you agree with yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, I was at Tandice on Tuesday night for the game. And, you know, just afterwards, everything just screamed relegation. The players, Mixu's kind of demeanour, you know, he spoke about how there was no urgency and everything was flat. But he said it wasn't with the attitude, but maybe one or two of them can't handle it. and. He's been doing that since day one, yeah. hasn't he? I, I, that's the issue I've got with Mitch Superlin. I like him as a guy. I think there's a decent manager in there. But since coming in, he's been very critical yeah. of that of that team, of that squad. And it almost reminds me of uh, Terry Butcher when he took mm. over at Hibs. If you do that to players and you write them off, they, they, they turn off. They turn off. And I think that's what's happened there. I think he's not got the, to get the togetherness of that squad 
since getting in there, and he's paying the price for that. I, I just don't, yeah, I, I just don't think it's worked. I mean, the appointment hasn't worked because the results tell you that. <coughs> you know, Dundee United gambled and got rid of Jackie McNamara. At that point, they were they were down there, but they weren't cut adrift. They've now played twenty five games and they're completely adrift. Thirteen points from the playoff spot, fourteen from safety. I mean, they've only picked up 14 points in 25 games. They would have to go in some run in the last 13. It's not going to happen. And he signed a lot of players. I don't think they've worked. They, they've not. I mean, to win three games all season for Dundee United is unbelievable. And I, I just don't see it. I think the players look resigned now. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not trying. They are trying. But I just think they're so low in confidence. They, they did have a couple of chances last night. John Rankin had one. Blair Spittle had one. Probably key moments. But as soon as Marlowe scored a second, it's gone. And, and I just look at that, you know, and that's what I'm saying, after the game, everything everybody speak to, Max's demeanour, the players' demeanour, it just screams relegation, and I think you need to go going. I think that's, I think it's just... A it, it would be another one of our big clubs out of the, out of the top division, which mm-hmm. I think is the last thing we need to continue. And you fear, you would really fear for Dundee United, wouldn't you? If they were to get relegated, the way they are set up financially, you'd wonder how quickly they would come back from that. Yeah, and that's the thing, and it's not... I mean, even next season, there's no guarantee both Rangers and Hibs will come up as the two most likely just now Falkirk will be strong again you'd imagine St Myrna will be stronger and there could potentially even be another team out here you know if you just look at that bottom clutch Motherwell, Hamilton, Partick Kilmarnock could be in there as well in the championship if, if two clubs come up so you don't want to be in that league again you don't want to be missing out on potential of Rangers and Hibs both coming back up big clubs huge fan bases it's a disaster for the United I mean I, I, this time last year Dundee United were third or fourth in the league, they were in a cup final. They had a good squad. Going places, seemingly, I know they sold Mackay, Stephen Armstrong, but the, the collapse in the last 12 months is it's one of the biggest in, Scot- in modern Scottish football history. I yeah, I'm certainly going places now, it's the Championship. I was at the Derby game at uh, Easter Road and I thought Hibs were, were fantastic. Hearts put a lot into that game and almost, in a lot of ways, spoke a lot about their team and the way they played but didn't didn't do enough to actually score a goal what have you felt with them this season in recent form and do you think that will have an impact going going to Tannadice it's a strange one because I think you know you look at them Hearts coming up as champions of the championship last year if you'd said you, you, they're going to comfortably finish third I would think I do think that you know they're, they're well ahead of Ross County yeah. a couple of games in hand they'll comfortably finish third probably think they can still push for, for second I would doubt that so I think it's a success you know if you stopped it right here and now and said they'll finish third it's a success they're in Europe there you go. But I think the Cups will be a disappointment for them, especially the Scottish Cup, because I think being 2 0 up against Hibs at Tynecastle to then go out of the tie yeah, as a Premiership they side, they totally blew it. And, and that's, you know, was it down to injuries? Was it down to Ostert going off? Was it, you know, was that the catalyst for it? You know, Osher and Eva come on against the Hibs. In, they they were in control really that first game for me without being totally in control of the mm. game if you know what I mean they were two goals ahead and looking good but Hibs were always in the game and as soon as they get the first goal there was only I thought one outcome another five minutes in that first game and I thought Hibs would have won but there wasn't much between mm-hmm. the two teams at Easter Road they could, the, the amount of chances they created probably should have taken the game into extra time but they couldn't couldn't finish them it's an interesting one that they are I totally agree with you with Hearts third place and a fantastic season but they're in almost a little kind of no man's land just mm-hmm. now because they're they're almost certainly going to finish third for me mm-hmm. and it's, it's whether they can kick on from that do, do you think that was a surprise last night with Hibs I mean are Hibs a top six Premiership team I think on their day the way they play and the way they started the game I think they've got players who, who can play cup tie football I wouldn't say they're a top six team no, no. I think if you were to put them in the Premiership just now they'd be finishing eighth or ninth I, think so. I do yeah I really do I think 
I think they're a good cup team and don't get me wrong, I think Alan Stubbs has done a fantastic job and I think on their day they're capable of beating anyone but look at their game against uh, Livingston at the weekend, they almost ran out of steam, mm -hmm. couldn't quite go over the, the line with that one but we'll come to Cahib shortly. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. Kilmarnock, a late, late defeat mm -hmm. to Rangers at Rugby Park in the Scottish Cup and they're home to Dundee. A new manager, Lee Clark, got in there. Took a while for them to make that appointment. Uh, we had it a week earlier that they were looking at him and, and then they decided to look elsewhere for various other options before going back to Lee Clark. But do you see that being a good appointment for them? I think he's got a good track record. I think he did very well at Huddersfield. He, he did that was a while ago though, David. It was a while ago and he, he did he, he did okay at Birmingham. Blackpool didn't work out, but does Blackpool just work out generally for anybody? I don't know if it does. So... He's got a good pedigree, he's got, he was a good player in his day, I remember seeing him play for Newcastle, then went to Sunderland. I'm sure what to do with it. Well, I think he's got a good background, good pedigree in football. He's not a nobody, good contacts. The David, it's been a while, he's had a couple of rocky spells with management. For me, this is a point where it maybe you scratch your head a little bit with this one. No? Is that unfair? I think it's the done thing for clubs now to go to England for managers because they think they can get players up, good contacts, and I think that's what, why Kilmarnock have done it. I think he's also got a decent track. And I know Huddersfield was a while ago, but he did have a good record there. So, would I have put Lee Clark in his favourite when Kilmarnock job came up? No. But I can kind of understand the reason for it. And I don't think he'll be a bad appointment. If he's keeping Lee McCulloch and Peter Leaving, I think that's probably wise. McCulloch did a reasonably good job, you have to say, in the caretaker position he held. And, and his experience, you've got to think, and his knowledge of the team, his knowledge of the division, should uh, should help me. Yeah, but I'm, I'm always I'm always a bit unsure of that because I, I sometimes think You're I'm a manager. No, <laughs> I'm not saying that. Sounds like what, what I'm saying is that I'm a manager. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Doesn't bring his own... I think there should always be somebody in the coaching staff with local knowledge. But also, I'm a bit worried about managers not getting to bring their own assistance. So I don't know how that will pan out. I would think a manager still was a somebody that he knows on his coaching staff. They played on D at the weekend and you know Paul Hartley well, as I do, and they're sitting, what, fifth place, I think, just now. Would you expect them to stay there to now and end of the season? Yeah, because I just think the score, I, th I think going forward, they're very good. I think they'll always kind of be a team that's susceptible to leaking goals just because of the way they set up. But I really like watching Dundee play. I think Kane Hemmings is scoring for fun. Greg Short's a really good player. Gary Harkins is... Taking on responsibility of being captain, Nick Ross is good, Paul McGowan's good, they've got Rory Loy. Got a really good team going forward. And I just think, I mean, I can see Dundee going there and winning. 
Um, Kelly, I, I don't know. There's, there's times when I watch Kelly and I think, you know what, they've got something about them. They've got some good players. I like Slater. Kelty, I think Josh McGuinness has been good. But there's just this kind of fragility to them. And, you know, I think Dundee are a top six team in Scotland. Would you expect Kamarnock to finish, Elwood? You think that's where they are just now? Point behind Partick Thistle, albeit you said earlier, they've got a couple of you know, three games in hand. But I think it's Kelly between. Stick on for that position, I think it? it's between Hamilton and Kelly. If I was putting my money on it right now, I think Partick Thistle will be fine. I think Motherwell will be fine. I think it's between Kamarnock and Hamilton. Well, Aki's played Ross County this weekend, and County I watched last uh, Saturday against Celtic. And as I said earlier, they put a lot into that game. And for me, one of the huge success stories of this season, Jim McIntyre, what a job he's done there. And it's not just this season, because yeah, tail end of last season, I mean, we talk about Mixer Park Line coming in and not having an impact yep. in the United. Jim McIntyre took over Ross County when they were at pretty low ebb and made loads of signings, but it worked because he made the right signings. He got a reaction, he got the players probably a bit fitter. Ross County were transformed for that point. He then went during the summer, replaced some of those guys, brought in better quality. And he's got. I think. I think he's done a terrific job. I think he's in, in the last what, 14, 15 months since he's been up there. Fantastic. Him and Billy Dodge are a good team. They work together. And I don't think they're going to finish third. I don't think they'll probably finish anywhere. They're not going to finish any higher than fourth. If the table, if the league was to finish now, Jim McIntyre would be a serious contender for manager of the year, wouldn't he? Hundred percent. Of course, sir. I mean, he's. I mean, he's in a cup final as well. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still in the Scottish Cup. You know. So I mean, you would fancy them to beat the United at home in the Scottish Cup. So. You're in a League Cup final, you could potentially win a Scottish Cup semi-final and you could be finishing top four, top five in the, the Premiership with Ross County. I mean, that's miracle worker. What about Aki's? They've, they've had their ups and downs this season. It looked at one stage as though they were going to almost tail off. Mm-hmm. They've got a run of results and they've climbed up to ninth, I think. But you you predict they're going to be right in the thick of this thing for it's relegation. Like, I just think if you look at the goals for and the goals against, you know, they've scored 30 goals this season but they've conceded 45. They don't score enough goals. And, and I always think with Hamilton's even they get beat they get beat you know they get absolutely thumped and that's even Michael McGovern who's one of the best goalkeepers in the league I would say I just think Hamilton I've, I don't know I just, I just feel Partick Thistle I've got a bit more Mullerwell I've got a bit more watching him last night I just think Hamilton might struggle slightly and, and to me I just I just think it's between Hamilton and Kelly to finish that playoff spot yeah it's going to be interesting weeks ahead that's for sure St Johnston play Motherwell Saturday McDermott Park and as you say Motherwell on the back of a fantastic result against Dundee United a real a real Head turn on that one. Yeah, it, it was, and, and it was. It was kind of weird. Mark McGee was quite funny after the game. He said that it would have been, uh, the game when they get football stopped, it was horrible. Talking about how the ball was in outer space half the time, and he put James McFadden into the team just so he could control it when it came down through outer space. They, they changed the way they played. They went three at the back, and they were a bit more direct. They tried to play down the channels, and, and you know they, they didn't mess about. The pitch wasn't great at Tannadice. Dundee United try and play pretty direct as well. So I think Mullerwell just went there to battle and. They won the battle and they were allowed to play maybe towards the last 20 minutes when they scored their two, two kind of clinching, clinching goals. But I think Motherwell will be fine, you know. They had a real sticky, sticky patch, I was quite surprised. That was last night, it was a first league winner this year. And I think it was, I think they'd gone about six without a win. Which is pretty poor, isn't it? It is poor. Especially after Matt McGee had a really good spell when he first came in. You know, he got a reaction and people are talking about how good a manager he is and everything. And I think he is a good manager. But I just look at that team last night Louis Moult, Scott McDonald, Lasley was back. That was without Pearson as well. James McFadden played really well, just kind of behind the strikers. Steve McManus was excellent. I just, think, I just looked at Motherwell and I thought, you know, they've got a wee bit about them there. I think they can. I think they'll be comfortable. I think they'll be away from the, the playoff spot. And St Johnston, probably in contrast, St Johnston just looked shattered to me. They just look like a team that's had a lot of games, 
What's happened there? What's happened there? Because they, they're one of the success stories six months ago. If you looked at them, they were fantastic, and the, the wheels have come off. That I think that, that I think they're one of the success stories the last three or four years because I think yeah. they've consistently been in Europe, done okay in Europe. They've won the Scottish Cup. They've, they've gone far in finals. They've been in semi-finals. They've done this and they've done that. I don't know. I just, I just think maybe maybe the players, you know, they go into the well too many times. You know, they just they're just tired now. You know, is it just they've lost Michael Hallam? I don't, I don't know, has that lost a bit of spark from them? I think that probably did affect them, that whole saga with Angels that lasted the entire January transfer window. I think St Johnson now I would just be looking to finish in the top six. You know, If you gave St Johnson six players right now, they would take it. It's pretty neck and neck with them in Inverness. And even Dundee, to an extent. I mean, you look at Dundee, Dundee in fifth just now, but St Johnson got a game in hand. So can St Johnson finish in the top six still? I would think so. I think it would be very tight, but... I don't think I think they just look a tired team a team that's maybe just run its race a wee bit they maybe need a little bit of something in the summer don't they they need a little bit of injection well, of something yeah, different and he's got tireless in just and that's what I mean and he lost to Harlan and, and I think he Danny Swanson and but didn't really anybody else in yeah. so he's got tireless in just now and I think Tommy Wright knows the players who have, have served him so well and and be so consistent for them over the years just need a hand you know and, and listen that happens to every squad you just need to freshen up from time to time and I think that's what he's trying to do just now yeah Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. Well, on Sunday, Hibs are home to Alloa in what has to be a big game for them. Big derby win on Tuesday night. Fantastic for them to get into the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup, beating Hearts. But this is a tricky game for them. They didn't come through a tricky game at the weekend there mm-hmm. and they couldn't beat Livingston, bottom end of the table. You would expect them to win this game and I think they will, but they can't afford any more slip-ups at this stage of the season, can they? No, and that was a... I mean, as much as it was a high against the Hearts at Easter Road in the Scottish Cup, I think it was a real low against Livingston. I watched... I, that was at the Rangers game. Did they maybe have an eye on the Derby game in that game, you think? I think that's, I think that's only natural, but I think Alan Stubbs needs to remind his players... So if they do need it, the league is the bread and butter. You know, Hibs are still in this. Hibs are still the bread and butter. Yeah, that's cliche that one, isn't it? No, I would say that. No, no it's very cliche. Very cliche. Well, it is the bread and butter though. I mean, cliche watch Robert. I think someone has to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the league is a priority, not the bread and butter. And they're still in it. You know, they've got a game in hand. They can go to five points behind Rangers if they win that. Alloa though, a bit tricky. You know, Rangers should have won that game at Recreation Park on Saturday, but. Alloa were well organised, they carried a bit of effort up front, a couple of decent players going forward, so I don't think it's as, I don't think it's a straightforward game for Hibs, but you would think they've got enough quality to go and do it. Yeah, they played they played really well in the Derby game I was there, as I say, and I thought they were fantastic. You wonder how much that's taken out of their legs right enough. I thought they looked quite leggy against mm-hmm. Livingston from what I can see on the T V that day and they'll have to they'll have to show that they've got a bit of resilience. He's got a big squad though, Alan Stubbs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has, but He's, he's sticking to the tried and tested mm-hmm. players, isn't he? He's sticking to the guys that he, he knows he can trust right now. Yeah, but they've got an extra day as well. I mean, that's Sunday, so, I mean, what we're talking Tuesday to Sunday, we should be fine. Okay, well, time will tell. Queen of the South at home to Rangers, also on Sunday. A later kick-off, I think, four o'clock. Queen of the South, great result for them over mm-hmm. St Mirren, I think, at the weekend. And Rangers obviously beating Kilmarnock in the Scottish Cup. This will be a test for Rangers, I think. Yeah. Agree with that? Yeah, but see, see if the games between now and the end of the season and... and you know, the championship teams obviously play a couple of less games, so Rangers are now really getting into the home straight. You know, this is a, I think they've only got twelve to go now. I think this is one of the hardest because Queen of the South, you look through the team and it's guys you recognise, names you know, guys that have been about, played at a higher level. It's a plastic pitch again, it's the third in a week for Rangers, which can't be good in the legs. And 
you know, you talk about Hibs putting in a lot, Rangers putting in a lot as well, you know, against Kilmarnock. The plus side for Mark Wallet, and they can bring Michael Hallen and Billy King back in, they were cup tied for the Kilmarnock game. So I'd imagine both will start. Of, of all the games we can do in the se- end of the season, the away games, obviously Falkirk and Hibs take care of itself. I think this is the toughest one for Rangers. Where do you stand in this pitch debate? I'd ban every single one of them. Every single one of them? I hate them. I, I, I just, I understand the reason for it, and I understand that there's a generation growing up and it's better than red ash pitches. I understand that, but see for the professional game, for top flight football, it should be played in grass. I, I, I just I, is a, a decent astroturf pitch more better than a, a bad grass pitch. Person- I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here because mm-hmm. I, I almost agree with you. But you can understand. You see bad pitches, bad grass pitches. Oh. Well, the one you're talking about at Tannadice for the model game mm-hmm. in midweek, and it was a appalling game of football. You just told us. But I'd rather play in that, and then this is maybe just because of, I'm 34. You're older, you're older than, than that. No, you're 34. older than 34. I'm 34, Robert. You're older than me. You're a lot older than me. 31, I was born. Maybe it's just because we've grown up with grass pitches, right? But I would I would rather play, personally, I would rather play on a, a muddy grass pitch like Tannadice than a pristine astroturf pitch like Kilmarnock every day of the week. I just I just think it's a false game. I just don't think it's proper football. I, I, I just see, see if, see if astroturf pitches were that good, and they're much, much better than when we were young. You know, it used just to be basically green concrete with some sand on top of it. See if they were that good. Why are they not at the Etihad and Old Trafford and Bayern? Why, why, why are Barcelona not putting a plastic pitch? Yeah, because I think it's not. We all, the same. We all do agree. If you've got the, t- the time and money to spend, which those clubs have, mm-hmm. then a grass, grass pitch wins all day long. But that's my point. People don't. The clubs don't have the, that kind of money, and therefore, as I say, I come back to it. What's better, a good astroturf pitch or a poor grass pitch? Poor grass pitch for me. And maybe I'm just maybe and, and listen there'll be I don't a generation. Necessarily, I don't necessarily gen- disagree with the you. That's a big debate. The problem you've got is though, that there's kids growing up and don't know anything other than AstroTurf. All they all they play on is AstroGrass. All they play on yeah. and, and and so going on to grass for them, I just think it's a different it's, it's a different it's a different game of football now. Obviously it's changed, but I just think it, it, just to me it smacks a it's just false. The ball doesn't run the same, and I I, I just don't like it. I'll never like it, and for me. It's a worrying development that more and more clubs in Scotland, at a time when you're, you know, I think there's a lot of good things going on about Scottish football just now, I think there's a lot of good young players. I think the national team, even though we didn't qualify, are going the right, the right way. And there's a lot of fans going to games and there's still a lot of interest. I just think it, it cheapens it. I do. You have to remember, Champions League games have played in AstroTurf. Very few. World Cup game, uh, oh, sorry, it's been international games played in AstroTurf pitches. They have improved a lot. And I, personally, I think it was always an excuse element comes into it players want an excuse if people players don't win teams don't win they look for excuses and for me an AstroTurf pitch a lot of the time gives them that excuse although I don't necessarily agree with you disagree with you sorry uh, you do I would tend to have a grass pitch but I do think it's a debate a bad grass pitch the standard of the game nose dice it's not getting away from that no I'm sure it does but, but see as well see in terms of, see in terms of your, your players health and, and I mean how, how do you think see for Rangers playing three games in a week you know, Alloa, then Rugby Park, and then Palmerston. Three the games are making plastic. No, on plastic, I'm talking about. Going back to Murray Park and getting massaged. No, but that can be good. Steam room, and all sorts. No, but I've they, seen, those guys will feel fine, David. I've seen the Nicky U in a Monday morning after playing at St Mirren's Dome in Asher Tough. So, 
and you go back to your penthouse in, in Paisley and get all the, the muscles and everything. Rainfruit, Rainfruit. <laughs> what I was going to say was Martin Wycorn, mm-hmm. injury for him, that could be a big blow for Rangers. Was that down to a plastic pitch? I don't think, well, I, I wasn't at the game and I couldn't, couldn't tell you, you know, honestly, but however it was, yeah. it could be a, a, a bad one for Rangers. He's been a big player for them this season. I, I did say, and I don't want to say I told you so, I did say that I was surprised Rangers, I know they signed Michael Hall and Billy King, but for me they're winners, wide players. I was really surprised Rangers didn't go and get cover for Martin Wycorn in January. I just think they were, they were relying so much on his goals. I know they've got Kenny Miller and Nicky Clark there, but Wycorn's a different type of player. Gives a bit more physical presence. And if the, the news is bad on Martin Wycorn, I think it's a huge blow for him between the end of the season. You know, you've got the Petrofac coming up, you've got the Scottish Cup, Rangers are still banging the mix, probably going to be playing in D at home, and some huge games coming up in the Championship. I think it'd be a huge blow for him if he's missing for any length of time. Yeah, well, we certainly wish him well. We hope he's back playing as soon as possible. Well, thanks very much for listening to the podcast with myself, Robert Grieve, and David Friel. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 